This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season. Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go. I think they're going to have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallet. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast family. I thought you meant the things you need. What's happening, people? Welcome in to Bet and Breakfast. Ben Heisler with my guys, Donovan Smoots and Ian McMillan. Another exciting, fun day of sports betting ahead. We will dive into what is what I think the best all-star weekend in sports. Uh, that's coming up a little bit later on. Also, I, I have a hypothetical that... Um, I think is actually fairly challenging. Donovan says it's like the easiest question I've ever thrown out to him, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll be the judge of that in, in just a little bit. Uh, there's some really intriguing news about an upcoming Super League that we'll get to in a little bit as well. We'll tie that all together before jumping into best bets for today. Guys, I am very excited. I know how you feel about NBA All-Star Weekend. Like To me, this still feels like, of all major sports, this is like the one that still has some juice left in it. NFL, Pro Bowl, nobody cares. Like, we're going to watch it, and we're probably going to bet on it because it's the NFL. NHL, eh, I don't feel the juice. I like the NHL All-Star Game. Eh, not for me. Um, Major League Baseball's All-Star Game, it's still on a Tuesday. They used to have some stakes behind it. Home Run Derby actually was kind of cool a year or so ago, but... The NBA All-Star Game, right at the top of the list for me, followed by the slam, or before that, you have the three-point shooting contest and slam dunk contest. Like, this is still the weekend in sports for All-Star Games. It still gets me hyped up every time. And I don't know how you guys feel about that or not, but to me, like, this is the best All-Star Weekend that we still have in sports. No, I, it's you're, you're 100% right. I think, like, but it's weird because – the, the game, I think in every sport, the game doesn't necessarily matter. I don't, I don't think anybody really cares about the actual game. But the the Saturday night, NBA Saturday night, is the best, like, all-star festivity because it feels like it feels like such a cultural moment every single week because all the stars are always there yeah. no matter what city. Like, it's in Cleveland this year. And shout-out to Joe Cunella, but nobody goes to Cleveland on vacation. You know, that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> that, that doesn't happen. So, but, but, but you, but you, wait, what, what, what are you going to say? I was going to say, we actually know one person that is going to Cleveland on vacation. And that is, uh, that is our guy, Reed Wallach. Oh, over yeah. at he is, he is on his way to Cleveland to check out the all-star game festivities. So yeah. shout He's out to for the all-star game though. He would not be going to Cleveland if it wasn't for the all-star game. <laughs> See, I can't disagree with that. That's true. Exactly. I assume so. Maybe he has family in Cleveland. I don't want to, I don't want to speak for Reed, but yeah. 
this is also the time where we upset all of our Cleveland viewers and send us angry <laughs> messages and we don't want that. But I, it'd, I, it'd be like that. Yeah. Like and I'm, that. and I'm with you too, Donovan. Like, yeah, you're, you're not going to remember who ends up winning the all-star game, but you will remember if it's a legendary three point shooting contest or if it's a dynamite slam dunk contest, like we're still having conversations about the Zach Levine dunks, the Dwight Howard dunks, Blake Griffin jumping over a car. Like these are like iconic which moments. Fraud, which was what? a fraud. He jumped fraud. over the he jumped over the hood of the car. And it wasn't I'm not as impressed with Blake Griffin's car jump as as everyone else. You still talk about MJ and Dominique in eighty eight. Like Ian, are you are you with us here? Is is I know you're not a huge NBA guy relative to, to college and NHL and golf and NFL and almost every other sport. Um, but does the NBA, does any part of the NBA All-Star weekend get you hyped up at all? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's pretty, yeah. The the NBA All-Star weekend is the best weekend, but I think Donovan brought up a good point in that nobody cares about the game, and I wish other sports would kind of recognize that. The NFL should be doing they try to do like a skills competition, but it kind of stinks. Uh, the NFL should lean into that a little bit more. The NHL should lean into that a little bit more. And they did this year. Uh, they tried to do like a breakaway challenge. That was kind of cool. Uh, it's kind of like NHL's version of the dunk contest. But yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that uh, the NBA's All-Star Weekend is the best of all the North American major sports. See, I'm, I'm actually surprised that you said that because you and I are both baseball fans as well. And I still think there's like a romanticism attached to the MLB All-Star game. And I also think that we're both in agreement that that game should have never counted in the first place. That was a whole thing right. that Bud Selig took place after the, the tie in Milwaukee when they ran out of pitchers. Uh, but I, I don't know. To me, those are always the, the closest games. Um, the, the issue is that it just kind of feels like everything else is dead over the course of that time in sports. And the, the juice just doesn't seem to be there. But when you had like Shohei Otani in the home run derby, to me, I think like that's the event that probably has like the closest amount of star power in comparison to say like Saturday night in the NBA world. Yeah, home run derby is the only thing that comes close as the ambulance goes by my window. Uh, but the NBA just has more than one. Like if the NBA only had the dunk contest, then I might say MLB might be on level. But uh, with the NBA doing the dunk contest, the three point competition, uh, I think the NBA just a little bit. One thing that I was curious to, to get your guys' take on, because uh, I was thinking about all the different events over NBA All-Star Weekend. Like, you have the three-point shooting contest. You have the skills competition, but we can just, we can just toss that aside. No, you know, that, of all the different things that you could win as far as, like, NBA players go, winning the three-point shooting contest, winning the slam dunk contest, or winning All-Star Game MVP. Like if I gave you the opportunity that you were, we all, we all grew about a foot and our vertical like increased. I, I, I should probably just speak for myself uh, because I, I know that, that Ian and Donovan both can ball. I struggle. I, I um, can't jump. <laughs> I can't, I can't ball. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'll, I'll, take the, I'll take the vertical boost. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's, let, let, let's say we're, we're all in the association. We all get invited to all-star weekend in, in, this, in this pipe dream of ours. Which of those three awards would you rather have on your mantle? Three-point shooting champion, slam dunk champion, or NBA All-Star MVP? I, I think this is a challenging question because I'm going back and forth between two of them. But Donovan, you, you said that this was the easiest question I'd ever tossed up to you. So 
the floor is yours. Which of the three awards would you <clears throat> want to have the most? I'm hands down taking the, the slam dunk competition. It, that's, that's the easiest one. First, first off, the All-Star Game MVP, it would be cool to win, but nobody like nobody cares if you win All-Star Game MVP until you're about to break the record for All-Star Game MVPs. Like, if, like uh, unless you're a fan of that player, you don't remember when somebody wins the All-Star Game MVP because, again, the game itself isn't 100% memorable every time. And then the three-point contest, while, like, if you have a, a great competition, that's only brought up if you have, like, an all-time level three-point contest. And it only gets brought up when you're in the three-point contest because there's not another scenario that, that like, where you can, like, replicate that. But if you're in the slam dunk contest and if you have, like, the performance, like, Vince Carter – dunked 20 like 20 something years ago and he's still the gold standard for for dunking exactly it's it's over and that that's literally what all the legacy talks would be it would be over if you had if you had a vince carter level performance aaron gordon will be known for nothing else in his career except for the fact that he was robbed in 2016 by zach levine because he had like and he he was he was he had the the better closing performance they, they and, did but they were both dynamic yeah like it, it was hard to say like levine didn't deserve it uh, he was he was gordon, gordon was robbed because levine technically did the same dunk like back to back he he, add, he added a That's little fair. bit of flair but his, his, his dunks were, were very like similar but the the slam dunk contest if you do that at the top level that's all you for the rest of history so it's easy for me uh, Ben, I don't know why you threw this skills challenge. I, I'd choose the skills challenge. Stop. I want to be he's, the best he's dribbler. Doing he's doing running uh, around, dribbling, passing through hoops. For the bit. <laughs> They've also ruined the skills challenge. They need to bring back the the time trial because the what what they have the competition that they have right now it's so anticlimactic. It happens so fast. The time trial that's 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 where the drama's at. Listen, has anyone who's who's dominated the skills challenge? Big man. Who, when you think of skills challenge, who who dominated it? Is there a name that comes to mind at all? Not for no. me. The, the most memorable one was, in my opinion, but that's because I'm a Knicks fan. Was Chris Porzingis winning it um, like a couple years ago? Because that was the only good thing that happened to the Knicks that year. <laughs> so that's I, exactly I, my I, point. I, I want to do the skills. I want to do the skills challenge, and I want to be the best. I want to be the skills challenge guy. Nobody's going to dribble like me and pass their hoops like me. So, uh, so a market inefficiency is where you take is where you're taking your, your greatness. That's right. Okay. I see an opening in the skills challenge. I want to win the skills challenge every single year of my career and be the skills <laughs> challenge guy. Ian's like, all right, what can I do in my life where I can be compared to the 2003 Oakland A's? You know, I'm the guy, the basketball equivalent of getting on base. Yes. That's me for the rest <laughs> of my career. really fast. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I, I appreciate you taking this hypothetical seriously. That's, um, you know, feel, feels good here. Um, I, I, I was going to go with your answer, Donovan, because to me, it's like, all right, I could do some of the more creative dunks and win that contest. And you're right. Like we remember the insane dunks for a longer time, but if I'm an all-star game MVP, that's reflected in like me being a 
damn good basketball player. Like I made it to the all-star game. And like, think about some of the, the great players, like, like Damian Lillard didn't go to the all-star game for, for several years. Like Zach Levine finally got his first opportunity to go last year. Like if you play in the all-star game, like you're already cementing yourself as, as one of the top players in the league. And then to win the MVP of that game is a reflection of you being amongst the greats. Like, so to me, winning the All-Star Game MVP, and maybe I'm taking this hypothetical way too far and you guys can reel me back in, but it's not, it's less about the award, but it's more about like where you rank as a basketball player. Because there have been some, some bona fide scrubs that have been competing in the dunk contest that are there for the dunk contest and then they go back home and then probably go back to the G League. Jeremy that, Evans. Yeah, that's certainly one of them. Um, I mean, Derek Jones Jr. is starting to make a name for himself. Before that, he, he was having a hard time finding a roster spot. I don't know. I the, the, the All-Star Game MVP is getting a little bit more appeal for me just because of where it places you amongst the best NBA players in the game. I think you guys just need to start respecting the skills challenge a little bit. You're right. You're right. I, Do you know what the defending let's, skills challenge is? the argument. Let's, let's go full Vince Carter. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Ian just completely knocked this one out of the water. We got nothing left to say. We might as well just move on. DeMontis Sabonis. Shout out to him. Defending champ. That, that, by the way, that dude can play, and he's he's putting up some good numbers in, in Sacramento. Uh, salute to DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, and his legendary father, Arvidas Sabonis. Arvidas is disgusting in 2K. I don't know if y'all, I've, I, it's so hard to play against Arvidas. He is nasty. Yeah. And, and he could shoot. Yeah. He's one, one of the, one of the first like big men that was such a good passer, but could also just shoot from like the mid range and, and nail it a ton of the time. Like he was a really efficient player. Shout out, shout out to the Sabonis family. I uh, didn't know that they were going to be uh, getting mentioned on bed and breakfast today, but <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of the show. So another, another thing that I want to get to before we dive into best bets today, and uh, Ian, I'm going to lead with you on this one because I'm really curious to get your perspective as, as our golf insider over at BetSided. So we had heard these rumors for a while about like a rival competitor league to the PGA Tour, this Saudi golf league. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to start recruiting some major names. They were going to pay a ton of money. Uh, the events were going to be a little bit smaller, but... Um, the, the level of competition uh, was going to be no cut. You'd have maybe like 40, 50 guys in an event. The, the reports are now that they got to 20 guys with some, some major names like Phil Mickelson likely involved, Adam Scott. Um, they're, they're, nobody has confirmed it yet, but I'm curious if you think this league is going to work. And if so, like, is golf maybe the only sport where this type of situation could work? Or is there another sport that maybe stands out that could take on something else that feels very similar? It's going to work in the sense that it's going to happen. Um, is it going to take over the PGA Tour and become the most popular and most watched uh, golf promotion, I guess, is how you might want to call it? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, there, there's several issues with it. Uh, but if if another league was to come up and to take over one of the major leagues right now, this would be the way to do it would be the only way you'd be able to do it is just be able to pay the athletes so much money that they literally can't refuse. At least the greedy ones can't refuse. The the issues are, is that it's coming from the Saudi government. 
there's moral issues going over there. And also if the events are all over there and uh, in Asia, cause it's supposed to be like combined with the Asian uh, uh, golf. Yeah. With the Asian tour. tour. Yeah. The events are going to be going on like overnight while North America is asleep. So nobody's going to stay up till, you know, pull an all nighter to watch the Saudi golf league. So I don't know where their viewership's going to come from either. Uh, so no, it's not, it's, it's probably not going to last very long, but it is going to happen. I mean, if, if Saudi just want, if they just want a, uh, their own golf league to watch and they have the money to blow, then I guess it's going to work in that sense. But uh, it'll never, because I mean, who who cares? Whatever events they run, who cares who wins those? It's not like the Masters, winning the Masters is way more about money. Winning the U.S. Open is way more about money. Like there, there's like an emotional aspect to it that you're just not going to get from any tournament in the Saudi golf league. And nobody's going to care, and the events are going to be going on overnight, uh, unless they're going to play at night. And then we watch some night golf. That might be interesting, but uh, no, it's 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 probably going to be a pretty short-lived thing. I, I should mention Bryson DeChambeau also potentially uh, going to be involved with the Breakaway League. Lee Westwood is also likely involved as well. I think there was talks about Dustin Johnson potentially having some interest as well. Jason Kokrak, Green Golf Digest, is a, is a Saudi golf ambassador. Um, so there's going to be some names. But Donovan, like, I, I don't know how, how big of a PGA Tour fan you are if you watch the majors, but like, if you had, like, do you think this could work in any other setting? Like, is there another sport that could take on a rival league other than the top league and you would consider watching it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, and I was, I was thinking about this. I think the only way and the only one is maybe college football, just because, especially at, at the top, and you, you're kind of seeing it right now with, with the playoff, but you've seen a lot, of t- a lot of the teams at the top constantly make it into the playoff, and there's not a lot of, um, there's not a, a lot of diversity in, in terms of, like, the teams that, that are making it. So I think, like, if you wanted to make it, to where you could play an actual season specifically just from like a money standpoint, you would take, I guess, the top three teams from the SEC top three teams from like the big 10 and then two from everywhere else. And then you have like a 12 team conference and you just have the 12 biggest brands in college football. Uh, For me, that's the only way that, that it will work. I don't think that you can do it in, in basketball. I don't think that you could do it in baseball um, some of the other individual sports like like tennis and boxing, I think I think the money's kind of already there. And like Ian was saying, the events that that matter in those sports in boxing, you make the event just based on, you know, just based on who's fighting. And if you're if you're big enough, you can come away with a, with a big enough um, you know purse from that. And then in, in tennis, like winning Wimbledon is a big deal. Winning, winning the Australian Open, the U.S. Open, those, those are big deals. So I don't think that somebody can just come in right now and say, oh, well, this matters now. And, and people, you know, are drawn towards that. I think it could theoretically work in golf if it was a North American thing. But nobody in North America is going to be paying the amount of money that the Saudis are paying for these golfers. Right. If the, but if they did it in North America, because there are some aspects of golf that could be changed to make it a little bit more exciting, I'd like to see more match play. You could toss in a team aspect and make it kind of more of a team sport. There are different ways to do the sport of golf that the PGA Tour doesn't do. Um, but the biggest issue is that this is all being done by the Saudi government. Like it's literally the Saudi government that's funding this. And then you're you're running into some 
some issues with that. So it's not going to work in its current form. But if some like American wanted to do this in North America and spend the amount of money that the Saudis are, are spending, it could maybe be done to an extent in golf. I think it's all about sort of supply and demand, right? So when the pandemic first started and golf came back like three months later, we were heavily betting golf because it was one of the few things that was on. And I think it actually kind of started a bit of a boom with golf betting and golf fantasy sports. Like there was just far more interest because uh, casual fans were, were looking for something to bet on. They were looking for something to watch because what they were used to just wasn't available to them. So I think a large part of this would be, are you going to have these key matches a available to the public where they're going to be able to get invested in it. I think that's a big part of it. And you're right, like from the North American side, like you need to make sure that the events line up. If you're taking place in an event like in Dubai, it's hard to stay connected to it because of, of the time change there. But if if it lines up, then you certainly can make a compelling argument that like, all right, I have prime time golf that I can invest myself into on a Saturday and a Sunday night. Like that is definitely something that's intriguing. By the way, I really like some of those ideas that you mentioned to try and make golf a little bit more uh, intriguing. I, I had a conversation one time with, with Colin Morikawa a couple of years ago after he won the, the PGA championship. And this was still in the midst of the pandemic. And I said, like, what, what do you think about like when the world finally comes back to normal and we just have like a full four day event where everyone is just screaming the entire time. Like just how like the 16th hole is over at the Waste Management Open where everyone's going nuts and you just get everybody fired up and it's just like a big full tournament celebration. And he's like, uh, yeah, that's that's called the Ryder Cup. I'm like, okay, touche, touche, Mr. Morikawa. You uh, certainly put me in my place on that one. Uh, but I, I just, I, I, I'd like to see more of that in golf. Like it was fun to see everybody hyped up on that 16th hole. And I feel like these golfers like embrace it and they want more interaction with the crowd. Um, so I think that might be something that could be fun a little bit down the road, but maybe that's just me. And to your point too, Donovan, like if you get compelling super leagues for college football, where like the best teams are actually in it, then I, I think that takes off. And then I think like you're already building super conferences anyway, but I think Team, people like rivalries in sports. And even though the top teams are always near the top, if you build a conference where everyone's playing each other every year and, and they're good teams, then then I think that absolutely could, could work. So a lot of interesting stuff over the course of today's show. A lot of, a lot of good ideas thrown around here today. I've, I've been excited for that. Um, let's keep them going with a little bit of best bets. We got uh, two in the NBA ahead of All-Star Game weekend uh ian's got to play in college basketball so i'll go ahead and kick things off with you ian uh looking at the pac 12 tonight between oregon and asu the ducks four and a half point favorites against the sun devils and uh they've been a team that is starting to figure themselves out a little bit oregon always kind of seems to to get hot just when they need to with the tournament starting and right around around a month or so yeah, before I get into this, quick shout-out to the Canadian women's hockey team because they won gold medal last night, beat uh, you Americans. So maybe our men, both our men's teams are eliminated, uh, but the women uh, get the revenge because the Americans actually won at the 2018 game. So Canada, back to being uh, the kings of hockey, at least uh, for the women's game. All right, my pick for tonight. Uh, yeah, Oregon minus 4.5 against Arizona State. I truly don't know. I've been looking all over the place if there's some major injuries for Oregon or something that I'm missing. I have no idea why the spread is only four and a half. Arizona State truly stinks. 
341st in effective field goal percentage, 338th in offensive efficiency, 325th in rebounding. I don't know how they beat UCLA earlier. I did look back at some of their earlier wins, and whenever they do get a win, it's just because the other team just has a really bad game shooting. Uh, they're definitely not out shooting any teams this year. Their offense is, like I just listed those numbers, are, is just absolutely terrible. Oregon ranks in the top 100 in all three of those stats that I just listed. This is a complete mismatch. I think Arizona State's being a little bit overvalued because of that UCLA upset a couple weeks ago. They just upset Washington State, uh, I believe, on the road uh, a few days back. But this is th- these two teams are, are night and day from each other. So Oregon minus four and a half. If there's such thing as a trap line, I don't know if I believe in trap lines. If there's such thing as one, this would be it. But I'll take the bait. Uh, go Ducks. By the way, uh, these two teams played, I think, back a, a few weeks ago. And Arizona State ended up winning 69-67. But Oregon led the entire way. Um, went to overtime. Arizona State had a three-pointer in the final moments of the game stole it away from Oregon. And so I'm, I'm with you. Like, this is a revenge spot for the Ducks. Uh, but the line does feel a tad bit fishy as well. And maybe it's just because Arizona State had their number the last time out, and people might look at the final score and say, oh, well, th- this is a Sun Devils team that's going to play them hard. Um, Oregon's the better team, and I, I, I really like that play as well. Uh, to the association we go, Donovan, you're looking at a matchup out between uh, the Rockets and the Clippers. Rockets on the second game of a back-to-back tonight, uh, and the Clippers 10-point favorites. Yeah, yeah, I, and listen, I'm, it's, it's kind of a high spread for, for the Clippers, but the Rockets are cooked. They're, they are not a good team. I think, like, they, they went from being – like this young team that plays hard and like they can still be like a fun young team, which is just code for a, for a bad team. But <laughs> the, the, like we, we, ne- we never use that for, for anybody else. But they have turned into just a bad young team. And, and I, I just can't trust them right now. They have the worst net rating in, in the NBA over the last 10 games at minus, you know, at negative 15 and a half. They are one in six against the spread in their last seven games. Meanwhile, the Clippers, they've covered it in their last three. They have the ninth best defensive rating, uh, you know, in the league over the entire season. And I think I think before the All-Star break, Houston really, they're, they're done. They just want to get out of here. They just want a break. Uh, I think the Clippers, who are still playing for something, who are still fighting for, for playing seating, they, they're going to be able to, to put the clamps on Houston and, and pull away in this one. So I really like, I really like the Clippers tonight. Clippers have started to play some some better defense, too. They've been a top-10 defensive-rated team throughout most of the season, but then went through a stretch where they gave up 137 to the Bucks. Next game gave up 135 to the Grizzlies. Uh, got cooked by Dallas, which is one of the slowest-paced teams in the NBA. And then they, they started to, to play a lot better, including a 15-point blowout win against the Warriors back on Valentine's Day. And they played the Suns tough, too. Like That is the best team in the NBA right now. Yeah. only gave up 103 to one of the more efficient offenses in the league. So they should take care of business tonight against the, the, uh, the Rockets. Tens a lot, especially before you go into the break, but they're certainly no. more than capable, especially if Houston just decides to, to punt on that game. So like both of these picks so far today, um, you know, for, for me, I'm, I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at the heat. They're minus four against Charlotte tonight on the road. I love this pick. Yeah. I Charlotte has been fun. Like, like if we're talking about those teams, like I, I'm going to steal this line from you, like Charlotte's been a fun team 
And now they're a fun, bad team because they'll go and they'll run their tops in the league in pace. They're not defending anybody. They have one win in their last nine games. Even if the Heat decide to, to rest a few guys, they've still won five of six. They've won both games in the series so far this year. Heat are also 19 and 13 on the road against the spread. And, and here's the thing about Charlotte, too. Like, if you're going to win games with a high octane offense and you're just going to dominate that type of game, then you need to be like a more efficient on the offensive side of the ball. And they haven't been efficient, they haven't been making shots. Their defense continues to be atrocious. And Miami doesn't mess around with that. Like, that's a really good aggressive knows where they need to be their help defense is one of the best in the league they're just a really smart well-coached team that always seems to improve in the second half of the season under eric spolstra it's happened i think in 10 of his 12 years so far in miami so charlotte's just going to get run out of their own gym because they're not playing well when they're confident on offense then they have a shot to, to contend with anybody but that's just not the case right now they're trying to get to the all-star game and refresh themselves Miami should come away with this in a fairly easy fashion, even if they sit a couple guys as well. So if that changes the line, I, I think it's a good value opportunity uh, to jump on, even if a couple guys are going to be out. So I do like Miami at minus four. And there you go, guys. That is our show. That is Bet and Breakfast for Thursday. We'll continue to be back on Monday. It will be our guys, uh, Peter. And I think, Donovan, you're going to be on Monday yeah. as well this week, right? So yep. the Peter and Donovan show. So get ready to uh back to back. New York Knicks, right? Yeah. Uh, listen, it's not even betting breakfast. It's just going to be a, a Knicks pod and us just ranting about. They blew a 28-point lead last night. <laughs> yeah, listen, I was going to say, we didn't bring this up, but oh boy, what the, happened to the, the Knicks? To Cam Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Cam Thomas. Shout, shout out to Cam Thomas. And wow. I, it, it was... I, like Peter, uh, yeah. our guy Peter Dewey, who's like the the world's biggest Knicks fan, was was hurting last night. He he was hurting so bad that he was retweeting like tweets about how he's never watching the Knicks again from like five days ago, and just bringing <laughs> it back into the timeline. I'm like, this man, this man needs our support today. So shout out to Peter. He'll be on with Donovan on Monday. Ian and I will be back next Thursday. So for my guys Ian and Donovan, I am Ben. Thanks so much for joining us here on Bet and Breakfast. We will see you guys on Monday. Until then, so long for now. May all your bets hit.